chapter five of clergymen of the church of england by anthony trollope this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five the parson of the parish the word parson is generally supposed to be a slang term for the rector vicar or incumbent of a parish and in the present day is not often used without some intended touch of drollery unless by the rustics of country parishes who still cling to the old word but the rustics are in the right for of all terms by which the clergymen of the church of england are known there is none more honourable in its origin than that of parson by that word the parish clergyman is designated as the palpable and visible personage of the church of his parish making that by his presence an intelligible reality which without him would be but an invisible idea parsons were so called before rectors or vicars were known and in ages which had heard nothing of that abominable word incumbent a parson proper indeed was above a vicar who originally was simply the curate of an impersonal parson and acted as a priest in a parish as to which some abbey or chapter stood in the position of parson the title of rector itself is newfangled in comparison with that of parson and has no special ecclesiastical significance the parson properly so called had not only the full charge of his parish but the full benefit derivable from the tithes and then he came to change his name and to be called politely a rector the vicar was he who had the full charge of his parish as also he has at present vicariously at first for some abbey or chapter and now in these days vicariously for some lay impropriator but who had and has the benefit only of the so-called small ties and then he also came to be called the parson rectors and vicars at present hold their livings by tenures which are equally firm and they have done so now for more than four hundred years the rustics above mentioned would be much surprised if told that their vicar was not a real parson in speaking therefore of the parson of the parish let us be understood to mean the parish clergyman who has that full fruition of his living which is given by freehold possession there is a pleasant flavour of old crusted port present to the palate of one's imagination when mention is made of a rector which he misses perhaps in inquiring after the vicar whose beer may be better than his wine and the rector cuts lustily from the haunch while the vicar is scientific with the shoulder but we expect on the other hand and are gratified in expecting a kinder and more genial flow of clerical wit from the vicar than the rector gives us and i have generally found the vicar's armchair to be easier than that of his elder brother but here in speaking of the english parson of the priest who has full clerical command in his parish no distinction between rector and vicar shall be made the parson of the parish is the proper type and most becoming form of the english clergyman as the captain of his ship is of the english naval officer admirals of the red and admirals of the blue and commodores with authority ashore are very fine fellows and may perhaps be greater in their way than the captain can be in his but for real naval efficiency and authority the captain of the ship on his own quarter-deck stands unequalled and so it is with the parson of the parish in his own glebe 
he is pure parson and nothing else and in the daily work of his life if he does that daily work diligently he cannot but feel that he is devoting himself to those duties which properly belong to him whether a bishop in the house of lords may so think of himself or a bishop speaking from a platform or a bishop in the turmoils of correspondence or even a bishop dispensing his patronage may be more doubtful and the easy dean may doubt whether such ease was intended for him when he took upon himself to bear the arms of st paul and the fellow of a college even though he be tutor as well as fellow may feel some qualms as to that word reverend with which he has caused the world to address him but the parson in his parish must know that he has got himself into that place for which he has been expressly fitted by the orders he has taken the curate who is always a curate to whom it is never given to exercise by his own right the highest clerical authority in his parish cannot be said to have fulfilled the mission of his profession satisfactorily let him have worked ever so nobly he is the lieutenant who never rises to be a captain but the parson requires no further exaltation for clerical excellence the higher he rises above parsondom the less will he be of a clergyman he may become a peer of parliament or the head of a chapter or a local magistrate over other clergymen as is an archdeacon but as simply parish parson he fills the most clerical office in his profession the parson of the parish in england a few years since was almost necessarily a man who had been educated at oxford or cambridge an english parish might indeed have an irishman from trinity college dublin and now and again an outsider was admitted into the fold as a shepherd there was a small college in the north to fit northern candidates for northern congregations and the rule was not absolutely absolute but it prevailed so far that it was felt to be a rule and thence came an assurance in which trust was put more or less by all classes that the parson of the parish was at least a gentleman he was a man who had lived on equal terms with the highest of the land in point of birth and hence arose a feeling that was very general in rural parishes and as salutary as it was general that the occupant of the parsonage was as good a man as the occupant of the squire's house it would be interesting to us to trace when this feeling first became common knowing as we do know that for many years after the reformation and down even to a comparatively late date the rural clergyman was anything but highly esteemed we are told constantly that the parson left the dining-room when the pudding came in and that he by no means did badly for himself in marrying the lady's maid we most of us know the character of that eminent divine dr tusher who lived in the reign of queen anne then came the halcyon days of british clergymen the happy days of george the third and george the fourth and the parson in his parsonage was as good a gentleman as any squire in his mansion or nobleman in his castle there is alas a new order of things coming on us which threatens us with some changes not for the better in this respect there are theological colleges here and there and men and women talk of literates who shall dare to say that it may not all be for the best who will venture to prophesy that there shall be less energetic teaching of god's word under the new order of things than under the old 
but as to the special man of whom we speak now the english parish parson with whom we all love to be on familiar terms that he will be an altered man and as a man less attractive less urbane less genial in one significant word less of a gentleman then such will be the result of theological colleges and the institution of literates no one who has thought of the subject will have any doubt and in no capacity is a gentleman more required or more quickly recognized than in that of a parson who has not seen a thrifty household mistress holding almost unconsciously between her finger and thumb a piece of silk or linen and telling at once by the touch whether the fabric be good this is done with almost an instinct in the matter and habit has made perfect in the woman that which was born with her exactly in the same way only much more unconsciously will the english rustic take his new parson between his finger and thumb and find out whether he be a gentleman the rustic cannot tell by what law he judges but he knows the article and the gentleman he will obey and respect in the gentleman he will believe such is his nature while in the other who has not responded favourably to the touch of the rustic's finger the rustic will not believe nor by him will he be restrained if restraint be necessary the rustic in this may show perhaps both his ignorance and servility as well as the skilled power of his fingering but such is his nature but the adult parson of the parish in england the clergyman who has reached if i may so say the full dominion of his quarter-deck is still customarily a man from oxford or from cambridge and it is of such a one that we speak here he has probably been the younger son of a squire or else his father has been a parson as he is himself throughout his whole life he has lived in close communion with rural affairs and has of them that exact knowledge which close communion only will give he knows accurately from lessons which he has learned unknowingly the extent of the evil and the extent of the good which exists around him and he adapts himself to the one and to the other against gross profligacy and loud sin he can inveigh boldly and he can make men and women to shake in their shoes by telling them of the punishment which will follow such courses but with the peccadilloes dear to the rustic mind he knows how to make compromises and can put up with a little drunkenness with occasional sabbath-breaking with ordinary oaths and with church somnolence he does not expect much of poor human nature and is thankful for moderate results he is generally a man imbued with strong prejudice thinking ill of all countries and all religions but his own but in spite of his prejudices he is liberal and though he thinks ill of men he would not punish them for the ill that he thinks he has something of bigotry in his heart and would probably be willing if the time served his purpose to make all men members of the church of england by act of parliament but though he is a bigot he is not a fanatic and as long as men will belong to his church he is quite willing that the obligations of that church shall sit lightly upon them he loves his religion and wages an honest fight with the devil but even with the devil he likes to deal courteously and is not averse to some occasional truces he is quite in earnest but he dislikes zeal 
and of all men whom he hates the overpious young curate who will never allow ginger to be hot in the mouth is the man whom he hates the most he carries out his bible teaching in preferring the publican to the pharisee and can deal much more comfortably with an occasional backslider than he can with any man who always walks or appears to walk in the straight course it almost seems that something approaching to hypocrisy were a necessary component part of the character of the english parish parson and yet he is a man always on the alert to be honest it is his misfortune that he must preach higher than his own practice and that he is driven to pretend to think that a stricter course of life is necessary than that which he would desire to see followed out even in his own family as the mealman in the description of his flowers can never go below middlings knowing that they who wish to get the cheapest article would never buy it if it were actually ticketed as being of the worst quality so is the parson driven to ticket all his articles above their real value he cannot tell his people what amount of religion will really suffice for them knowing that he will never get from them all that he asks and thus he is compelled to have an inner life and an outer an inner life in which he squares his religious views with his real ideas as to that which god requires from his creatures and an outer life in which he is always demanding much in order that he may get little from this it results that a parish parson among his own friends differs much from the parish parson among his parishioners and that he is always as it were winking at those who know him as a man while he is most eager in his exercitations among those who only know him as a clergyman the parish parson generally has a grievance and is much attached to it in which he is like all other men in all other walks of life he not uncommonly maintains a mild opposition to his bishop upon whom he is apt to look down as belonging to a new order of things and whom he regards on account of this new order of things as being not above half a clergyman as he rises in years and repute he becomes a rural dean and exercises some small authority out of his own parish by which however his character as a parish parson pure and simple is somewhat damaged he is great in the management of his curate and arrives at such perfection in his professional career that he inspires his clerk with mingled awe and affection such is the english parish parson as he was almost always some fifty years since as he is still in many parishes but as he will soon cease to become the homes of such men are among the pleasantest in the country just reaching in well-being and abundance that point at which perfect comfort exists and magnificence has not yet begun to display itself and the men themselves have no superiors in their adaptability to social happiness how pleasantly they talk when the room is tiled and the outward world is shut out for the night how they delight in the modest pleasures of the table sitting in unquestioned ease over a ruddy fire while the bottle stands ready to the grasp but not to be grasped too frequently or too quickly methinks the eye of no man beams so kindly on me as i fill my glass for the third time after dinner as does the eye of the parson of the parish End of chapter 5